0: Now, for the love of Christ constrains us, that will constrain, talking about controls us, okay? Because we thus judge, that if one died for all, they were all judged, all dead. And that he died for all, and that he died for all, I'm gonna read it all again, because I want it on, on the scripture, I want it, the scripture on there, up we have the scriptures, okay? All right, and then that he died for all, that they which live should not henceforth live unto themselves, but unto him which died for them and rose again. So what I'm going to be talking about, I'm going to use that verse, but I want to read it again because I want to make sure that scripture's on the screen if we have that today. I know we have uh, uh, Infinity working in the neighborhood again. Uh, okay, but anyway, we're going we're gonna to use that scripture. But well, we're going to talk about today, why did God save our soul? Uh, why? Did God save our souls? Very, very, very good question. Uh, why did he do it? And see, when you, when I talked in part number 35 and 36, how God saved our souls. How? How did he do it? Now we're going to talk about why. Because God saved our souls. And that's what we want we want to always put out there. Okay, I don't know. We don't have the screen. We don't have the scriptures either. All right. I know we said we don't have. I don't know what we don't have. Anyway, we're gonna move on. All right. Now let's move on. You got your Bible. Thank God for that. Amen. Amen. All right. Now we're gonna go on. Second uh, uh, Corinthians chapter five, verse fourteen and fifteen. We're gonna read that one more time. It says, "For the love of Christ constrains us, because we thus judge that if one died for all, then we're all dead." And that he died for all that they which live. See, see, God let you live. He gave you life. He's going to tell you why. That we should not henceforth live unto ourselves, but unto him, which died for them and rose again. So, Christ, is an awesome thing now. On this day, when we celebrate now Father's Day, uh, he let us live so we can live for him. Now, that's an awesome thing because. If he didn't die and bury and raise again from the dead, guess what? We couldn't live for him. See, we have to go back and look at where we were. And we're going to go back now and look at where we were. Now, we're going to talk about, we're going to go to Ephesians chapter number 2, verse 11. And I'm going to show you we couldn't live for God. And then we're going to go to Romans chapter 9. We're going to show you two things. So God let us live, otherwise gave us a new life. A resurrected life. Remember, this happened 2,000 years ago before you were born. So you were born into this. So God let you live, being saved. I'm talking about saving your soul now. And I'm going to give you all what God did for you as much as I can. And then I'm going to show you still people won't live for God. It's amazing. It's amazing. Uh, You know, God doing everything possible to make sure the people will not go to hell. So he died so nobody can go to hell. And yet the salvation is free and people won't receive it. It's amazing. All right, uh, but I'm going to make sure I put it out there. That's my job. I'm going to make sure I put it out there. All right, so I want to give you two things. What what I say I'm going first? Ephesians chapter 2, verse 11. So we're going to go there because this is where we were. Then we're going to go to the book of Romans chapter 9. Uh, we're going to show you two things, nine and one, when I get there. Uh, so Ephesians chapter 2, and we're going to look at verse 11. We're going to come to your camera, sir. Uh, in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 11, we're going to show you this. It says in verse 11, wherefore remember, now he's talking to Gentile. Now remember, he saved us for why? So we would live for him. So you want to make sure you put putting your notes. So Ephesians chapter 2, verse 11 says, wherefore remember, talking to the Gentile, that you've been in time past Gentiles in the flesh. See, that's where we were, in the flesh, who are called uncircumcision in the flesh now. By that which is called the circumcision in the flesh made with a hand. Otherwise, the Jews called the Gentiles uncircumcised. That, at that time, now that's who we were. At that time, we were without Christ. We were aliens from the commonwealth of Israel. We were strangers from the covenant of promise. We had no hope. We were without God in the world. That's where we were. But God. I mean, this is, when I see these but God, it just, oh my God. Because we, we, we didn't supposed to be saved. See, Israel rejected salvation. That's how we got in. God planted that way. So he can save the Gentiles. But now in Christ Jesus, you who sometime were far off, couldn't even come near God. We was made now. We were able to come in the presence of God because of the blood of Christ Jesus our Lord. I think we need to put our hands together. Let's thank God for him allowing us to come into his presence. See, without God's presence, let me me show you something. I'm going to go to Ephesians, but let me go to Psalm first. Let's go to Psalm and come back first. Psalm 16, this is, this is a very popular psalm to me in Psalm 16 because when you think about God's presence, you could, we, we could even come in God's presence. We, not, we were not even allowed in the court. Now guess what? We are the very temple of God. I mean, come on. We went from, couldn't even come near God to the very house of God. All right, Psalm 16 and verse number 11. Just one verse. I want you to mark it in your Bible. Watch what the Lord said. Now, this was prophetic about the Lord Jesus Christ that, that David ministered on. It says, Thou will show me the path of life. In thy presence is fullness of joy. Now, now remember, my message today is... Uh, why, God, why did God save my soul? And I'm going to show you one of the things reading he saved my soul, so he can fill us with his Holy Spirit. And that's one of them. He can fill us with his joy. See, he want to make sure all the fullness that he had will be put in us. Because we're the very house of God. Make sure you write down a verse that I want to forget. That's Psalm. Um, I'm going to do it now while I'm here. And that's Proverbs 24. I'm going to go to that verse next. And look here. And and, and uh Psalm 16:11 said, "Thou wilt show me the path of life. In thy presence is fullness of joy. At thy right hand there are pleasures forevermore." Now remember that because guess where God set us. Don't forget what I just asked you a question. You don't have to answer right now. At his right hand there are pleasures forevermore." Now when I give you, I'm going to ask you another question, write it down. Where did God seat you? Well, I'm going to show you in the Word of God where he set us. The Bible says we sit together. Just put that down. You, you'll see it. Because at his right hand, they are pleasures forevermore. evermore. Just think about what I'm just saying. All right, let's go show you one in Proverbs. Proverbs chapter 24. I'm headed to my message, of course. Proverbs chapter 24. Now, remember, we know why did God save our souls? Because... He wanted, he wanted to live in us. If you've taken notes, you can put those down. God wanted a relationship. See? Now, this is also what I'm giving you. Number one, he wanted relationship. Number two, he wanted fellowship. Now, number three, watch this. He wanted a place to live among his creation. Just think about that. God wanted a place to live among his creation. That's why he created you. So you want to put down that 1 Corinthians 3.16, 1 Corinthians six nineteen. just two verses, show you are the temple of God. We'll get to it, we'll get to it. But he wanted to make sure that he has a place here to live among his own people. He's not living just among us. He's living in us. What an awesome God. He wanted relationships. He wanted us, he wanted sons. See, you have to go all the way back to Genesis. What was Adam was supposed to do? Be fruitful, multiply, replenish the earth, subdue it, and have dominion. Hey, Adam ate of the tree of of good and evil. See, God already had other folks on the earth, but nobody was his sons. So he wanted to create Adam and Eve, And then he wanted them to be fruitful, multiply, replenish the earth, subdue, and have dominion so the whole earth will be filled with his glory. See, that's who we are. We are his glory. He wanted the whole earth filled with his glory. But guess what happened? Adam ate of the wrong tree, and God didn't get his sons. Can you see it now? So when Christ came, what did he come to do? He came to make sure God get his sons. God gave his only son so he can have sons. You got, you got to see. This is so awesome. God gave his only begotten son so he can have sons. See, his only begotten son is a seed. Except a corn of wheat fall into the ground and die, you're going to abide alone. But if it dies, it's going to bring forth fruit. See, you have to understand God let his own son die there and raise again from there so he could bring forth fruit that's us we are the children of god so that's how he was able to get them what a, what an awesome god we serve all right now in proverbs chapter 24 in proverbs chapter 24 what's why it's so important are these words wisdom knowledge and understanding remember this is what god has in the house so when I talk about why did God save you, so because God wanted his house filled with glory. Now, we know the glory is the Holy Spirit. We know that. And you know, what we, we want to bring you to a place where we're not just trying to get you saved. We're trying to show you now why God saved you. You follow what I'm saying? We want to get you past, I'm saved. We want to know why. What, what was God's intention? What was he planning on doing? What was his purpose? Why did he create you? Why did he save you? See, I want to show you everything he gave you. Now let's see what our part is. All right, so why did God save our soul? We showed you that relationship. Second, we showed you fellowship. Then we showed you that God wanted to live with his people. He wanted to live with his children. How do I know that if I go all the way back to Exodus when he told him, build me a tabernacle? Let's show you that. We'll go to that next. Right now we are in Proverbs 24 and verse number one. Uh, We're we're just going to do three and four for time's sake. And then we're going to go to Exodus and we're going to look at, I think, chapter 25, verse 8. Put that in your notes. All right. Proverbs 24. Come back to your camera, sir. Proverbs 24. Through wisdom. Now remember, we are the house. Through wisdom is in house builded. So we know who built this house. Us, we are the temple of God. God built us, all right? Through wisdom is a house built it, and then by understanding, the house is established. Now, I'm going to get to that because I'm going to show you that this is what God has done. He's already built us. He's already established us. See, that's why he said, upon this rock, I'll build my church. Why? It's established, upon the rock, all right? Then in verse number four, it says, and by knowledge shall the chambers be filled with all precious and pleasant riches. So that's what God hath put in his house, all pleasant riches. Now Ephesians talked about this, and maybe we'll get to that a little later on. But Ephesians talked about it. Now I told you first Corinthians three sixteen and first Corinthians six, nineteen and twenty told us we all to Temple of God, but God not only did that, he filled this house with wisdom and knowledge and understanding, isn't that something? It's an awesome thing, God filled this house with grace and with mercy and with truth. See, you are the very house of God. If you, if you happen to have seen, or if you happen to Google sometime, the temple of God, they kept all of the riches. So that's why when the enemy came in, they, they destroyed the temple. That's why, because Israel kept everything that's valuable was in the temple. The gold that they had, they kept it all in the temple. And they took the gold and they put it between the blocks. I mean, it's, it's, when you saw the temple, all of the things that God used, see, well, you have to go back and look at when Nebuchadnezzar came into Babylon and took, uh, they destroyed the temple. They took all the valuable things out and they brought them into their own place and used them and that's where they got in trouble with God. All right, but let's go on. Let's go on. What's well, the next thing I tell you? Let's go to Exodus chapter 25. Thank you, wife. From the book of Exodus chapter number 25. And we're going to look at somewhere about Verse 8. I'm breaking in a new Bible still, so most of the stuff I do not have marked in my Bible. Exodus chapter number 25. and We're going to look at verse number 8. God told Moses to build me, a make a sanctuary. Let's look at verse 8, Exodus 25, verse 8. All the things they're supposed to go. We're going to name some of them. Let's go back to verse 1. And verse 1 says, And the Lord said to Moses, Speak to the children of Israel, that they bring an offering. Every man that giveth it, it willingly, and his heart he shall take in my offering. Alright? And this is offering which you should take of them. Gold. Now, all of this was to build a temple. Now you got to understand, you the temple. These things are not natural now. They're spiritual. They're spiritual. So gold is a type of God Himself. Silver means redemption. Alright? So you have to go. Thank you very much silver mean redemption and then you got to understand uh everything that's like that is also in you but it's not gold it's god you understand not silver you know so you have everybody understand that right okay i didn't get in the way amen. but anyway praise the lord all right speak to the children of israel so they, they brought an offering. They they brought all their stuff. And this is the offering which you shall take of them gold, silver, brass, blue, purple, scarlet, fine linen, ghost hair. Now, all of this was to build a temple. All, I'm saying, ram skin dyed with red, badger skin. Now, those were the badger skin, and that was the outer covering. So when the winter time came, you know, it, it couldn't get in. So that's why they had the. uh, Ram skin dyed with red and the badger skin and the shit wood. Then they had inside for the lights. They had the oil for the lights and the spices for the anointed oil and for the sweet incense. The onyx stones, all the different stones, the onyx stones, the stone to be set in the ephod with the high priest war. And the breastplate with the high priest wore. And then let them make me a sanctuary. So God had them to bring all of the blessings, all of the things that they had to make them, to make a sanctuary that I may dwell among them. So the whole purpose of God was to dwell among his people. That was Old Testament. New Testament to dwell in his people. Let me show you that in 1 Corinthians chapter 14. Not 1 Corinthians, uh, John chapter 14. Headed to my message. John chapter 14. So God... In the new covenant, old covenant, he wants to dwell among his people. So they put a tabernacle in the middle of God's people, and God was among his people. Okay? Now, now let's go to the Gospel of John, chapter 14. And we're going to show you God won't now is to live in his people. We know this, these things. When I go back to John, we'll see he's always talking about what's going to happen. So that's why I don't teach Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. It tell you what's going to happen. When you get into Paul. teaching, it tell you what happened. Paul gave us a revelation. So John chapter 14, and we're going to go to verse 16. Uh, once again, our screen is down. We had Xfinity it just popped up. All right. Uh, the, the Lord. That's why well, I don't worry about that. Somebody give him a big <laughs> hand. That's, the Lord. That's all I can say is the Lord. All right. John chapter 14, verse 16. Now watch this, coming back to your camera, sir. It says, I will pray the Father. Now this is, he's talking about the Holy Spirit. So you're talking about the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is your helper. Now we're going to be talking about the Holy Spirit a lot uh, because the Holy Ghost is your helper. You got to understand that he is what? Your helper. You got to always understand that. This is the one you're supposed to be calling on. It's okay to call Pastor Crump, but this is your helper. All right, I can't be with you 24-7, but he can, right? All right, thank God for other brothers and sisters in Christ, but you got to know who your helper is. Now watch what the Lord says. See, what happens is we don't see him, so we don't think he's there to help us. Watch this. This is what he told the children of Israel. I will pray the Father, and he shall give you another comforter and that he may abide with you forever. That just with you. Even the spirit of truth, underline the word with you, because that's a part. Even the spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it sees him not, neither know of him, but you know him, for he dwell with you, underline the word with you, and shall be in you. Do you see the word shall be? Because it hadn't happened then, but it has happened now. You see, Paul, when Paul preached, Paul said, you're now the temple of God, Christ in you. See, Christ is in you now, but he was talking to them because he hadn't died, right? He hadn't been buried and raised again from the dead, had not given his Holy Spirit, all right? Then it says in verse number uh, 17 again, even the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive because it seeth him not, neither knoweth him, but, but you know him, for he dwell with you and shall be in you. See, that's why you got to have the Holy Spirit in you. I will not leave you confident. Now he tells you who the Holy Ghost is. It's the same person. He just don't have a physical body. Come on now. See, he's Christ. See, when you say Jesus, you talk about him naturally. When you say Christ, you talk about him spiritually. Do you all understand yet? Amen. All right. So Jesus can't get in you. But who in you? Right, because Jesus is naturally and Christ is spiritually. It's the same person. Watch this. I would not leave you confidence. I, I, Jesus is talking. I will come. I will come to you. I will. Well, who would he come to them? Who are he gonna be then? Thank you. But see, you gotta understand, that's why I'm trying to get you to understand to switch over to Christ instead of Jesus. It's I mean, the same person, but when you talk Jesus, Jesus naturally. Christ is spiritual, right? All right. So he left so Christ could come, right? But I would not leave you comfortless. I will come to you. Well, if he came to them in the person of the Holy Spirit, who is he now? I'm trying to get you to get it. Christ. See, the Holy Ghost is in you in the person of Christ. All right. Now, he is your helper. Now let's go down and look at verse 23, one more verse. Jesus answered and said to them, if a man loved me. Now they had to do this before he would come. We know Jesus fulfilled the word. That's how we all were able to get this, because Christ came and fulfilled every jot and tittle of God's law. So all of the blessing now could come to us. All right. Jesus answered and said to him, if a man loved me, he would keep my, my words and my father... Would we'll love him and watch this, and we well, who is his father? Thank you. Thank you. Y'all, some of y'all need to write it down. <laughs> Jesus called a child of the Holy Ghost. sign it, find it from me, way Jesus called the child of the Holy Ghost. So if his if he said his father, then who is his father? See, we are we are here, we are here on Father Day. And yet, the church don't even know who their father is. So you got to understand, the Holy Ghost is the father. So that's why when Jesus came, you couldn't see the father. So the son is the manifestation of the father. So that's why he said that when you have seen me, Philip, you have seen the father. Because Jesus is the manifestation of the father. Let me put another word. In the beginning was the word, John 1 and 1, and the word was with the Father. See, the word God means Father. The Son is, the S-O-N is what? Lord. I need you to put these down in your notes, okay? Again. The word God is Father. The word Lord God is Holy Ghost. The word Lord is Christ that's why the Bible said Jesus Christ is what Lord that's why you have to understand that when you read the book of Genesis in the book of Genesis chapter one you only have the word God because you are dealing with creation but when man need to be made you go to chapter 2 and the word was formed and we know who formed man was the Holy Ghost And then when man messed up in chapter number three and four who do you have to have now the Lord y'all ain't got it yet that's why you need the Lord all right but you don't see that you don't if you read Genesis 1 and 2 you'll see you'll see Genesis 1 you see the father that's God you see Genesis 2 you see the Lord and then you get into chapter number four after you have man messed up and then now you see the word the Lord so you got to know these words are not there just to be there They mean the Godhead. You got to know the Godhead. Say the Father is God. There's only one God. All right, so there's only one Father. There's only one God, see? And then then the Holy Ghost is the Lord God. Say it with me. The Holy Ghost is the Lord God. And Jesus is the Christ the Lord. Right, so you have to see that now. He's both Lord and Christ, right? Right, all right, that's Acts 2.36. All right, now, verse 23, one more time. We're, we're in uh, John fourteen twenty three. Jesus asked and said to them, If any man love me, he will keep my word, and my father, who is the father once again? Right, because my wife's going to find that for me. Matthew one we we'll go there just a moment. My father would love him, and we will come to him, and we will make our abode with him, or we will live with him. Right? All right. So we got to understand the only way you can, only way the Holy Ghost will come to you is Jesus had to come to you first. Matthew nine sixteen. We go to Matthew one eighteen first. first. hope you're keeping notes. Matthew chapter one verse eighteen. Matthew chapter 1, verse 18. See, a lot of us do not want to acknowledge the Godhead, but the Godhead is is the Godhead. You can't change that. You got to know that when you study the word because it's the son that created all things, that made all things. The father created them, the son made them. So you got to be able to understand his work. Uh, once you go to First Corinthians 12, you're going to put that down. We'll go there in just a few moments. First Corinthians chapter 12. You'll see how the, he, he gave you the father is the operator. The son is the... See, somebody got it. I'm not going to take it. I'm going to take it 1 Corinthians 12. But you got, you'll see they work. And you'll see what you're supposed to be doing. I'm going to give you the word, the administrator. You can put in your word. That's who the son is. And then we're going to show you that the Holy Ghost is the manifestator. So, you got all this going on in 1 Corinthians 12, but you got to be able to understand this in your everyday life. All right. Now, we're in Matthew chapter 1 and verse 18. Mark in your Bible, please. Now, the birth of Jesus Christ was on this wise when as Joseph, when as his mother Mary was espoused to Joseph, before they became together, she was found with child of the Holy Ghost. Remember? Child. She was found with child, remember? So child is Jesus. Ain't that right? Let's show you that, uh, Isaiah 9, 6. See, all of these, you got to mark in your Bible. I'm taking, I'm taking some time. I got to get to work here. Isaiah chapter, chapter 9, verse 6. Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6. For under us a child is born. Now who is that? Put that in your note. That's Jesus. See, that's why you have to understand when you look at him physically. That's Jesus. That's why he's not Jesus no more. God made that same Jesus whom you crucified. Who is he now? Amen. He's Lord in Christ. That's why you have the mentality have to change. Cause he's not visible anymore. He's not a child anymore. Everybody hear what I'm saying? All right. For another child is born. And unto us a son is what? A son is given. Now, that's, that's Christ, see? So you have to understand, that's Jesus Christ. All right, let's move on. Just want to show it to you. If you read all that, you'll see. You, well, let me move on. It says, uh, verse number six says, and the government shall be upon his shoulder. So if you can, you know that's who he is. And his name shall be called, Watch this, wonderful counselor, Watch this, the mighty God. The everlasting father, the prince of peace, and of the increase of his kingdom, his government, and peace there shall be no end. Upon the throne of David, upon this kingdom, to order it, to establish it with judgment and with justice, from henceforth forever, the zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform this, and that's why Jesus came. To perform this. Somebody give him another big hand. Praise the God. Father, Father Day. We're gonna, we gonna clap all day today. This, this is our Heavenly Father. Alright, where are we going from there? Matthew 9, I think I want verse 17. It's a 16, maybe 16, 17 together. You, Matthew 9 should talk about the new wine and the new cloth and stuff, right? Matthew chapter 9. So you have to understand why God created you. Why did he make you? That's why he said you are not your own. You've been bought with a price, therefore glorify God in your body and your spirit which belong to God For you're not your own anymore. Matthew chapter 9 and verse number 16. We're going to do 16 and 17 together. And no man put a piece of new cloth on an old garment. For that which is put And to fill it up, take from the garment, and the rent is made worth. Otherwise, it's going to tear it. If you're a seamstress, you understand that. You're so old and new together. All right, verse 17. Neither do men gather, neither do men put new wine. Now, new wine is the Holy Spirit. I'm introducing him to you all over again because we're going to be talking a lot about the Holy Spirit. We spent the first part of our ministry, years and years, talking about being saved. Now we got to find out why. All right. Neither do men put new wine in the old bottles. That old bottle is the old man, the old, old man, Adam. He's the old bottle. So you don't put the new wine in the old bottle, else the bottle break. See, that's what happened. There's a leak in this old building, and I... That's what it is. And the bottle break, And the wine run out. See, if you put the bottle in the clay, man, it's going to run out. That's what he's talking about. But what did God do? He says, you've got to put the new wine in new bottles. And both are preserved. So what did God do? He gave you a new man. He had to put Christ in you, right? Look at Colossians 1 again, verse 23. Colossians 1 again. This is, what, this is why he, I told you, first he has to put Christ in you. And this is why I tell you, so many people, soon they say, well, I'm born again. Not born again, but they think they have arrived. You don't understand. They just say, and they, well, I'm saved, praise God. I'm all right. They don't realize. Now why did God save you? He saved you, now you just the bottle. But he wants to put new wine in the bottle. See, the bottle is Christ, the new bottle is Christ. But you've got to put new wine in the bottle. He couldn't put it in the old man, that was Adam. So he put Christ in you for a reason. That was uh, Colossians, right? Let's look at Colossians chapter 1. Start reading verse number 23. If you continue, see, that's what has to happen with people. They don't want to continue. They already got this. And they don't realize it for their salvation. If you continue in the faith, grounded and settled, and watch this, and be not moved away from the hope of the gospel, which you have heard, which was preached to every creature on the heaven, Whereof Paul said, I am made a minister, who now rejoice at my suffering for you, fill up that which is behind the affliction of Christ in my flesh for his body's sake, which is the church. Whereof I am made a minister, Paul says, according to the dispensation of God, which is given me for you to fulfill the word of God. Did he fulfill the word of God? Yes. In the book of Revelation, it'll tell you he fulfilled the word of God. Even Paul said in 2 Timothy chapter 4, he said, I have finished my course. All right. Then it says, even the mystery. See, that's why in the book of Revelation, it'll tell you that the mystery was finished. Even the mystery which has been hid from ages and from generations, but now is made manifest to his saints. They it was manifest for them first. Manifest means he came in the flesh. You got, to, you got that in your nose, don't you? There's a manifestation of the word and there's a revelation of the word. Christ was not manifested to you. Christ was revealed to you. Amen. Amen. He revealed to you in his word, right? right. So you got to take the re- re- reveal word just like if it was Christ here because he is also the image of God. The word of God, the gospel of Christ is the very image of God even the mystery which has been hid from ages and from generations but is now made manifest to his saints, he came the word was made flesh and dwelt among us At John 1:14. he was talking to the Jews he came to them manifested to them all right verse 27 to whom God would make known what is the richest it is again I read it to you in proverb 24 what is the richest of the glory Of the mystery among the Gentiles which is Christ in you watch this the hope of glory see Christ in you say Christ in me the hope of glory see this this container right here is just a hope it's not the glory the glory is what's on the inside Go to Romans chapter 8. See, the glory is what's on the inside. This is why we must understand when we go through things, what is God doing? Romans chapter 8. In verse 18, just going to read a little bit of this. I'm headed to my message. Romans chapter 8, verse 18. For I reckon that the suffering of this present time, talking about 2,000 years ago, are not worthy to be compared with the glory, watch this, which shall be revealed in us. So what, what does God want to do? What, what, do God, what did God want to do with them? He wants to reveal the glory in them. So one time I, taught, I did a teaching, the suffering reveals the glory. Now watch this. I'm not go- that's not my message. I'm not going to get off sidetrack, but I want to show it to you. I reckon that the suffering of this present time that was 2,000 years ago are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. Now let's go to Galatia and let's see what the glory is. Then I'm gonna, I'll get to my message finally. Gal- G- Galatia chapter number 1. Galatians chapter number 1, and we're going to look at uh, verse 16. I will start reading verse 15, I'm sorry. 15 and 16 together. See, God wants to reveal his glory in you. Well, what is his glory? See, his son, right? Here it is, verse 15. "But But when it pleased God who separated me from my mother's womb and called me by the grace to reveal, there it is again, that was Revelation I gave you, Romans I gave you, 818, right? Right. To reveal his son. Now he tell you who he want to reveal. Do you want to reveal his son in you? That I might preach him. See, this is why, this is one of the greatest things that I have to learn for us in ministry. You can't preach who's not in you. Christ, the, when Christ is being revealed in you is how you're going to get your message. So you just can't get your message just by going in the Bible and looking at, looking at the Scripture. You get a sermon. But you get your message every week by God revealing his son in you. Oh my God, I, it took me some years. It took me some years. It took me a lot of years. Paul said to reveal his son in me that I might, that I might preach him among the heathen or meter I confer it not with flesh and blood. So let me show you that in 2 Corinthians 4, 6. I'm headed to my message. God knows I am. 2 Corinthians chapter 4. So God has to reveal his son in you that you may preach him among the heathen. So you don't have, how, how could Paul know what to preach? That's what you got to understand. How could he know how to preach? All these books of the Bible. Where'd he come from? God has to reveal his son in you that you may preach him. That is so awesome. And every time God shows you something about his son, then you can preach it. He'll show you some more about his son. Show you some more about his son. That's so awesome. All right, 2 Corinthians chapter 4. And let's look at verse number 5. For we preach not ourselves, Paul says, but we preach Jesus Christ the Lord. Well, how does he do that? God continues to reveal his son in him. And ourselves, your servant. For Jesus' sake. Now watch the next verse. It's going to really help you out. For God who commanded the light to shine out of darkness. Now remember that's Genesis 1 and 1. Remember Genesis chapter 1 is where you have the light that's come out of darkness. All right. For God who commanded the light to shine out of darkness half past tenth, shine in our hearts. Well what did he shine in our hearts to do? To reveal his son in me. So what do God's word does? What does his word do? His word is the light. His word is the knowledge. And as you get the knowledge of God in your heart, the word of God is shining in your heart. What is it doing? It's revealing his son in you. See, the more knowledge you know about his son, the more you know about his son. Ah. For God who commands the light to shine out of darkness hath passed him shined in our heart to give the light of the knowledge of the glory. We're going to go to uh, 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 Philemon next. Uh, Sister Yancey's favorite scripture. For God who commanded the light to shine out of darkness hath passed and shined in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. That's so awesome. You can see Jesus in his word. God is revealing to you His Son in His Word. Come on, see if you'll get the Word. You'll, it's like a puzzle. It's like a puzzle. You are putting together the pieces of the puzzle. The more you put together that knowledge, the more you can see the person. All right, go to Philemon. Philemon always comes after Titus. Before Hebrew, little book, sit down in there. One chapter. Philemon, Philemon. And verse 4 through 6. so just favorite chapter. She better have it marked in her Bible. Check that out, brother. Verse number 4. I thank my God, making mention of you always in my prayers, hearing of your love and your faith. See, when you get born in the Spirit, those two things are top quality is you got love and you got faith. Paul says, because the love is for the saints and the faith is for God. So you got to have those two. Hearing of your love and faith which thou hast towards the Lord Jesus Christ and towards saints. Can't you see the the faith is towards God and the love is to the saints. All right, and verse number six, that the communication, I'm going to show you how to get to where you got to go. This word communication is the same word as sharing your faith. Come on, somebody say, you got to share your faith. So you got to understand, the communication of your faith is the sharing of your faith, sharing what you believed. See, a lot of people believe in, in, in Christ, but they never share him with anybody. See, do the people around you know you have this Christ in you? It is the hope of Glory. See, Christ in you is where God wants to put the glory. Let me say it again. Christ in you is where God wants to fill with the glory. That's what he's talking about, Christ in you, the hope of glory. So because when Christ come in you, he's now the vessel. We went to the potter's house in Jeremiah 18 last week where he made the vessel again. But he did that because he wants to fill the vessel with glory. When you bring a vessel home, you got a purpose. If it's nothing but putting flowers in it, come on, talk to me. You have a purpose. You don't just have a vessel just to make a vessel. you got a vessel because you want to put some water in it or you want to put some flowers in it. There's something you want to do. You want to decorate something when you get a vessel. That's why God called us vessels of mercy. When God put, when God put his son in us, He put the top vessel, the greatest vessel you can put in there. That is why, listen, 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 listen. This is why when when they went into to to Joseph, they had the vessel in the sack. You got to get me here. Glory to God. You got to understand why did they have the vessel in Benjamin's sack? Because they wanted to keep Benjamin. He the one, they say, you stole the vessel, the king's vessel. Because if you got the vessel, you got to be a very important man. So God kept him for hostage. Because he knew if he kept Joseph, you're going to jo- bring Joseph here. I mean, you're going to bring Jacob here. Because he had the vessel. That's what God does. He put you, made you a vessel of honor. Amen. Fit for the master of you. Amen. Only the master. So that vessel, that vessel that, that, that was in that boy sack, Joseph put it there. That was Joseph's vessel. Somebody say amen. And that's how it got in your sack. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Christ, Christ in you is the hope of glory. God wants to put some glory in that vessel. Somebody say amen. That's why you got to understand why God put Christ in you. He wants to fill it with glory. And I'm going to show you that in just a moment. Philemon, Philemon, verse number six, one chapter. That the communication, the sharing of your faith may may become effectual. That word effectual means effective. The more you share your faith, the more effective you will become. See, so many people don't believe you because you don't share your faith enough. But the more you show your faith, it's like this iron sharpens iron. And the more you share your faith, the more you sharpen your faith, the more you will know the word of God and the... See, you'll be able to see the axe head swim after a while. You keep in the Word. That Word will begin to come to the top because you keep sharing the Word. Somebody keeps saying the Word. You got you to gotta, you gotta not be bothered because folks don't hear it. Your job is to share it. You got family members. You keep, you keep coming here talking about the Word, the Word, the Word, but nobody want to listen. Keep sharing the Word. You'll be surprised. There's somebody listening to what you're saying. Come on, somebody listening. Not, not, maybe not be. My little granddaughter, my little granddaughter Eden, she got this, already got this when she said, paw, 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 paw. That the communication of your faith may be effectual. That word in you may be effective, hot, fervent. It happens by the acknowledging of every good thing You got to see this now. You got to acknowledge every good thing that's in Christ is in you. Look at somebody and say, you got to know this. That word acknowledging means you got to know that everything that's in Christ is in me. So every time you see that the Father is in the Son, let's go look at it. Let's go Colossians. Go to Colossians. If the Father's in the Son, then the Father got to be in you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Woo, hallelujah. Colossians chapter one. Colossians chapter one. Colossians chapter two, verse nine. We got two verses we want to make sure we get there. Glory to God forever. I haven't got a chance to even look at my notes. Colossians chapter number one. Colossians chapter two. Woo. Colossians two and nine. I'm going to get there. Colossians chapter 2 and verse 9. For in him, let's do let, do, let do, we go back to 119. We go back to 119. Colossians chapter 2 verse 9. Watch what it says. Now every good thing that's in Christ is in you. Now I'm going to show you the Father, and the Son. See, you, see, I told you, the way you're going to be filled with the Spirit is by believing. Write that down. It's not gonna happen because you look pretty you set a vessel set a vessel up there nothing gonna get in it, it looks pretty but you got to know how to get the Word and the Spirit in the vessel you got to do it by believing let me give you two scriptures Romans 15 13 write these down and then we we'll go from there to 1st Thessalonians 2 13 I haven't even got to my notes yet. Y'all know y'all got it coming. I haven't even looked at my notes. <laughs> Hallelujah. Colossians chapter 1 and verse no, or Colossians 2 first and verse 9. For in him, now remember everything that's in him is in me. You got to acknowledge that. It don't happen just because you're pretty. You a pretty vessel, but you don't have no glory in it. I'm going to show you how to get the glory in the vessel. That's what I'm showing you right now. You got to believe. That's the only way it's going to happen. Colossians chapter 2, verse 9. And you, I'm sorry, verse 9 says, In Christ dwells all of the fullness of the Godhead body. Well, who is the Godhead body? It's the Father. The Father is God. The Holy Ghost is Lord God. And the Son is Lord. All lives in the believer. When he has the spirit. When she has the spirit. So, see, if you don't have the spirit, you're just a vessel. God wants to fill you with glory. He created you, he formed you, so he can put glory in you. That's why he told Adam, okay, I formed you, I created you, go down and eat of the tree of life and live forever. And he knew if he go down there, that's why when Jesus came, he said, if you eat this flesh and drink this blood, you will have my life in you. You had to eat. You had to hear. You had to eat. You got to believe. It just don't happen because you sit up in church and say, I'm a vessel. I got Christ in me. Da, 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 da. Let's go to that. Romans 15. Oh, I got to go to Colossians right there while I'm there. Colossians 119. Are you there? Colossians 1.19. Thank you, Lord. I would even, my, look, I might, no, I'm not going to close that, but I ain't got no idea. Colossians 1.19. For it pleased the Father. Woo, <laughs> it pleased the Father that in Christ should all fullness dwell. Now, he's talking about the Godhead. I say talking about the Godhead. It pleased the Father that he and the Holy Spirit, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost live in one house. And guess who that house is? Glory to God, you haven't got it yet. You haven't got it. You are the temple of the living God. The Father and the Son and the Holy Ghost all wants to live in your house. That's why he created you. That's why you must understand why Israel could not get along with God in the old covenant? Because they did two things. They grieved him. They didn't realize God was in the house. They grieved God. And I'm going to show you the word. See, that's why we got to learn. They quenched us. The, the spirit can be quenched and grieved. So you got to understand that. That is very important. You got to understand the Holy Ghost can be quenched and grieved. We'll show you that just a moment. We haven't even got there yet. Oh, my God. All right, I told you we're going where after Colossians? Romans 15. Thank you so much. I love that. Romans chapter 15, verse 13. Woo. This is what you got to do. Sound like James Smith. Tell you what you ought to do. All right, Romans chapter 15. And we're going to look at verse number 13. From here we go to 1 Thessalonians 2, 13. Then I'll be get into my message today. Don't think you're going to make it. Holy Ghost just took this one. I'm done. (laughs) Praise the Lord. You enjoy the word? Come on, let's thank the Lord for the word anyway. (laughs) See, that's what happened when he revealed his son in you. You know. First, Romans chapter 15, verse 13. Are you there? Just one verse. Come to your camera, sir. Romans 15, 13. Not a God of hope. Remember, why did he why he made you a vessel. That's right. Now the God of hope do what? Fear you. Come on, say it with me. Fear you. Say, I want God to fear me me." with his glory. glory. Now we know the glory is the Holy Spirit. The glory is the Father. The glory is the Son. The glory of the Holy Ghost. See, they are one. Now the God of hope fear you with all joy. How much joy do you need today? My God, don't you know the kingdom of God is not meat and drink? Romans fourteen seventeen. The kingdom of God is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. I don't know about you, but I have to be filled with joy. All the thing that you got to go through. Come on, thank the Lord right now. God want to fill you with joy. He want to fill you with all joy. You're never going to be worried about strength again. You have an inner strength called the joy of the Holy Ghost. He continues to fill your soul. Ah. Now, the God of hope fill you with all joy. Somebody said that's just half of it. And then he's going to fill you with all peace. Don't you know what peace passes all understanding? It's peace that guards your heart, your mind, your soul. Peace won't let you get worried. Peace would not let you get stressed out. Peace would not let. Come on, thank the Lord for His peace. Don't you know it's God's peace that calms all storms? It's God's peace if that calms all storms. That's why when Jesus was on the on the ship, fast asleep. That's why when they were out on his sheep and Jesus came on his ship and Jesus came walking across the water, what did he say? Peace. When they were sitting behind the wall scared of the Romans to come in and kill him, when he stepped through the wall and said, peace. Because peace comes all storms. Oh, you don't hear me. I don't know. I don't know about you, but I don't know about you, John. But listen, the peace of God It takes the peace of God to stop all storms. Do you realize, do you realize when you're going through a storm in your life, it takes the peace of God to stop that thing. Only the peace of God can stop a storm. See, joy is your daily walk with God. It is your strength that you have every day. He fills you with joy. But it's the peace that gets you through the storm. See, some of y'all may not go through nothing. Some of y'all may not be going through nothing. I'm telling you how to get through your situation. That's what I'm trying to do. I'm trying to tell you how to get through, how to get from one side to the other. I'm not here to preach no sermon. I'm just trying to tell you a fact. The way you get to the other side is because God gave you the peace. The storms are raging. Those are things that are going on in your life. But the peace of God can stop every storm going on in your life. Somebody ought to give it, Father. Hallelujah. Oh, we thank you, Father. Thank you for stopping the storms in my life. Hey, I take that. Y'all don't want that? I take that. Hey, thank you for stopping those storms in my life. Thank you, Lord. woo when Israel went through something, the Lord stood up and said, Peace be still. And the Bible saying that was a great calm. Hallelujah. Well, I don't have to worry about it. he's right here. Same God, same Lord, lives right here. I'm letting you know what his responsibility is, is to fill your house with joy and peace. You got peace with come on, stand up on your feet. You got peace that passes all understanding. You can't even understand this peace. But it comes, all your storms. That's why the man said, when the storms of life are raging. My God. The, the, the Bible said, there is a river. Hallelujah. Oh, my God Almighty. Somebody give him another one of big hands. We have finished that one verse. We done. Just this one verse. Now the God of peace fear you with all joy. Watch this. And peace. How is he going to do it? Believe. How is he going to do it? You, he only can do it as you believe. See, as you believe in the Lord, don't worry about it. Like he said to, to, to Peter, why did you doubt? See, when the, storm, when the storm began to rage around Peter and they were all up on Peter and Peter was walking the water and all he had to do was keep on walking. You know what Peter started doing? Started looking down. Started looking at the situation. How bad it was. And when that happened, he began to sing. And the Lord got him by the hand and walked him right back to the boat and said, why did you doubt me? See if you just keep on believing. Look at somebody and say, "Keep on believing." Come on, as you as you walking through the storm, as you walking through the storm, you gotta keep on believing God. Don't take your eyes off of Jesus. Don't take your eyes and put them on the storm. I'm talking to people going through things right now in their body in this house. It's not because I don't know it. i pray for you this morning, two o'clock. I know your situation, but I'm letting you know what the word said. The word said, he is your peace. He is your joy. Now clap your hands and thank him for it. Gotta keep on believing God. 1 Corinthians 15. Moreover, brethren, I declare to you, brothers, the gospel which I preach to you, which also you have received and where you stand, by which also you are saved, if you keep in memory what I preach to you unless you believe in vain, I deliver you first of all that which I also receive how Christ died for our sins according to the scripture. And that he was buried and that he rose again the third day according to the scripture Christ died buried and raised again from from the dead it's what takes care of us that means that's what grace is grace is the finished work of God see when he came he died and buried and raised again from the dead it settled everything God wanted done it put man back in the righteousness of God it put him back where he needed to be in with Christ Made him righteous again. Did everything. Paid for his sins. Paid everything. All God cannot do is make you eat the tree of life. He paid for everything. He created you. He formed you, Adam. He put you in the garden. But you got to eat the tree of life because to eat the tree of life means you got to believe. You got to trust. Hey, my time is already gone. The door of faith is open unto you. Thank you for listening to the door of faith ministries podcast. I hope this message was a blessing to you and we look forward to seeing you on the next episode If you're listening on iTunes, be sure to give us a five-star rating. Also, be sure to find us online at www.mydoorfaith.org. That's www.mydoorfaith.org.